Well, hey everyone, it's Candace Eisner. I'm back with you again this week. And in this week's episode, which is the third in my mini series on how to stay a massage therapist for the long haul, we're going to talk about ways to make your job easier or the three T's tools, technology, and techniques. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Well, hey, I hope you're all doing really well this week, as I always say. And uh, yeah, as I'm recording this, it is a beautiful June day here in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Um... We are having a little bit of an early summer kind of day, which is kind of lovely. Um, and of course, for those of you in the the Southern Hemisphere, I realize we're coming into winter. There's uh, somebody I follow on social media who's an Aussie, and she's like, oh, I'm tired of winter already, and it's only just begun. And definitely, I hear you on that. Don't worry. I, I feel, uh, feel lucky that we're coming into summer where I am. But uh, anyway, that aside, weather stuff aside, let's launch into this third topic on my... Uh, series on the staying a massage therapist for the long haul, because that's really what you're here for, after all, and not the, not the banter about the weather. So uh, yeah, let's talk about all the things you can do to make your job that much easier without breaking the bank, because I know you're all on a budget. I mean, plus, who doesn't like to save money, right? Like, that's just the real, the realness of life. Like, even rich people like to save money where they can. It's just how we are, right? So if you want to stick around the profession for the long haul, you need to find ways to make your job easier on you. Let's be real, right? Massage can be really hard on your body, but it can also be hard on you in many other ways, right? Due to working longer hours in order to make the income that you want to make. After all, no one else is going to do your accounting for you or pay the bills or do those other hundreds of admin tasks, let alone, you know, the marketing tasks that come up, right? So sure, yeah, you can hire somebody out for that. And I do recommend that if you have the budget. That is an awesome idea. But realistically, many of you, not all of you, but many of you don't have the budget for that. And you're going to have to find other ways to make it work for you in your business. And that's where this episode comes in. So remember how we were talking about avoiding burnout? This is another extension of that. How to help your body and mind not burn out. We, we hope so, right? So I'm going to be talking about three categories of things, just like I said right off the top. They're the three T's. Technology, tools, and techniques. But before I get into that, I want to I want you to keep in mind one other T, and that is the word time. Your time is valuable. I am sure you have heard people say that before. Your time is worth something, and not just when you're giving a client a massage. It's worth something all the time. So if one of the items I mentioned costs money, don't let the frugal side of yourself that we were just talking about, you know, we all like to save money, say, oh, I, I don't think I can spend on that. You know, again, we already said it. I get that we all have to budget. I get that we all like saving money. But be honest with yourself about all these ideas. If they would save you serious time and headaches, can you make the cost work? Most likely you can, unless you're really, really early on your client building journey, in which case I get it. Maybe you could make you know, uh, it a goal to buy these things later on or to invest in these things later on, right? But if there is a possibility of you affording it right now, at least give it some serious thought, okay? 
And also, before I launch into specifics, I want to put a little small disclaimer on these things. And it's the disclaimer that I often put when I make these episodes. Some of you are going to have very specific rules and regulations you have to follow in terms of, say, like health privacy information or what is uh, permitted in your advertising and your marketing or what types of techniques and tools are appropriate per your regulatory body, all that kind of stuff. Remember, I have a global audience for this podcast, right? So everything I present is food for thought that could work for a lot of you, but it may every single idea may not work for every single one of you. And that is totally fine. If a tool I mention isn't allowed in your scope of practice or by your association, no worries, you know, but maybe the rest of, rest of the episode will be useful to you, okay? So with that said, let's chat about this topic. Let's talk about technology first. So this one's probably obvious, but we're talking about software you can use that will save you time and effort. So with this one, what we're really thinking of is things that can make your life easier when it comes to all the behind the scenes stuff that comes with running any business, not just a massage therapy clinic or massage studio or you know whatever you consider yourself to own in terms of a business. Spending less time on administrative stuff so you can spend more time living your life. We want that for you. We want that for all of us. Let's be real. No matter how much you love what you do, chances are you don't like doing the administrative stuff. It's one of the main comments I see from massage therapists all the time. And not just massage therapists, all business owners, right? We want to be doing the core business stuff that our our, uh, our business does. And so for you and for me back in the day, it was hands-on time with clients, right? We don't want to be sitting at a desk typing all day, entering accounting receipts or like, I don't know, like even a lot of therapists don't like doing their charts at the end of the day. They'd rather just like see the clients and then go home. And I totally hear you on that. If you wanted to sit at a desk all day, you would have done in that kind of career. You would have gone into like business or become a programmer or something, right? But we know the reality is we got to get that admin stuff done. We need to book clients. We need to get the accounting done, especially when it's tax time and we got a crunch. Uh, you need to do your marketing. You need to like call the vendor to get your point of sale machine updated, like whatever it is going on, right? There's always something. So save yourself some time, okay? Yes, we've talked about these types of technology things that I'm about to get to in the past, but here are my top four tech items that you should be considering for your business. Number one, online booking. You've heard me talk about it before. I'm going to mention it again. In fact, I've got a whole episode back in the archives about this one from 2019, and I will link to it in the show notes for this episode. Yes, things have changed a little bit with the online booking world since I recorded that episode, but it's still very valid. I went and double checked and yeah, like I'm still mentioning systems that, you know, still exist um, and are still good. In fact, there are even more options out now than there were in 2019, uh, but you don't have to go with one of the ones I recommend, okay? Just do consider having online booking of some kind. It will save you a lot of time and headaches when it comes to client bookings. You're gonna have a lot fewer calls to return, a lot fewer emails to return. Now, one thing I do wanna mention is I know some therapists prefer to screen their clients, okay? And some of you are like, no, I don't do online booking because I have to screen people. They don't want people to book online for that reason. And I get it. I used to get some weird bookings myself, right? I would get people who literally just signed up for my online booking to creep my schedule 
because I would be like, why didn't that person book? And then I'd like get kind of curious and Google their name and find out it was someone who owned a clinic down the street. And so I was like, "Mm, were you scoping out how busy I am or were you actually wanting to come see me? I think they were scoping out how busy I was. Also, I would have occasionally weird people who wanted the other kind of services, if you know what I mean. And hey, I don't have any problem with uh, sex work. We've talked about that before, right? But still, it's very important to, to note that if you're a registered massage therapist, licensed massage therapist working as a massage therapist, that's not usually the type of services that you're providing. Therefore, especially for the women out there or female identifying, we want to be very, very careful about who we're booking into our schedules. So all that said, if you like to screen people first, the vast majority of booking software out there will have a function to let you lock down your calendar unless someone has signed up for an account. And you can even make it for, so they can't sign up for an account unless you approve them right? And most most software. I'm not going to say they all have that function, but many of them do. So you just need to look and find out. So if you like to screen your clients first, both to weed out the, the strange bookings, like the situations I was talking about, and yes, I didn't just make those up. Those were things that actually happened to me back in the day when I was still massaging. You can still do that, right? You can have online booking and it's still going to save you a ton of time as your repeat clients because then use it to book their appointments, Right? Most people prefer to do that these days, by the way. I know I certainly very much do. Um, with my, like just recently with my hairstylist, I book in with online booking because when I'm there, I'm going, oh, well, you know, I need to book this a few weeks out, you know, in, in my case, like, you know, six weeks or so. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing in six weeks. Can I like go on your online booking and do it when I get home? And she's always like, yeah, of course. Because yeah, you know, who knows what their schedule is going to And if it's someone even who needs to book for the following week, they might be going, oh, well, I think I might have a meeting at two o'clock and I have to run my kids to, to soccer practice. And can I, can I just book in line when I get home and double check everything? Of course, right? It's just, it's the world we live in. Everybody's really busy. Everybody's very online. And having online booking just helps a lot for you and for them. So just, if you haven't considered it, please do. Plus, as a bonus, because we were talking back in episode one about being able to have an idea on how many clients you are seeing, right? Because that's very important in terms of your income. Online booking is a nice, easy, quick way to see how many clients you're seeing per week, month, and year. You can run reports and stick that into your accounting as well. So now you're not like handwriting out, because that's what I did back when I very first started. I was handwriting out all the clients I was seeing, then I would have to like add them up at the end of a week or a month. With online booking, you don't have to do that at all. And like I said, you could even run reports that will help you throw it into your accounting. And speaking of accounting... Another thing I strongly recommend you look into is having online accounting. So are you still piling your receipts in a box and giving them to your accountant at tax time? Or maybe you're the accountant. (laughs) So you're putting them in a box and then you finally pull them out, come close to tax time and you're going, okay, I have to organize these now and do my taxes. You know, it seems very old school, especially in 2022, when there's lots of receipts that we have emailed to us these days. In fact, I think the vast majority are emailed to us these days, at least at least where I live in Canada. 
Um, but even so, I know a lot of people still do this. They either literally have a shoebox or it's a figurative shoebox where like they have like this folder on their on their computer or in their email or whatever that they just throw everything into and say, oh, I'll, I'll deal with that later. That's a business receipt. But let's be honest, that's not a really great way to keep your finances up to date. And it's a really bad idea if you want to actually know what your business numbers are actually looking like. You can't know if you don't look at the numbers, right? And I get that we don't always want to be staring at the numbers, but you have to have at least a a kind of an idea of what's going on, right? So I very strongly recommend you consider some kind of online accounting program. And it doesn't have to be expensive or like super complicated. You don't have to have the thing that like, I don't know, like chartered accountants use to like do, you know, for big uh, corporations. Like you don't have to have that. It can be something small and simple and created specifically for small business owners, right? Like for example, myself, I use Wave Accounting, which is free unless you're going to use it for uh, payment processing or uh, payroll, which the vast majority of you are not going to be using either of those functions. So it would just be a totally free way for you to keep track of your expenses and uh, your income in your business, right? So what I really recommend is getting yourself into a regular schedule of updating it, and then you're going to be prepared come tax time or like if you have a financial question and it's just going to save you headaches. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you effort in trying to figure out how your business is doing. And that helps a lot with your mental picture of, you know, uh, how your business is doing and what you want to do going forward. Now, we already mentioned it. Let's talk about online payment processing. Okay. So you're probably not going to be using Wave because Wave is really meant for more, at least in terms of the payment processing, it's more meant for freelancers, right? Where I design a website for somebody, I send them an invoice for, you know, uh, say six hours of work, and then they pay me the invoice. You know, you've probably gotten such invoices yourself, maybe not through Wave accounting, but through other accounting programs. If you hired somebody to do some work on like your house or whatever it might have been. If you right now in your business, and I know a lot of massage therapists are still this way. If you're still doing, I only take cash check or a cash app or email money transfer if you're in Canada. If those are your only payment methods, I really strongly suggest you stop doing that. It might seem like you're saving yourself time and money because, oh, well, those are already available to me and they're free. So I'll just go with those. But is it actually the best idea? Do you end up chasing people for payments all the time? Do you end up telling new clients your payment methods only to have them show up at the door because they and they totally forgot and they had a credit card with them expecting to pay? Do you end up looking at your books and going, did John actually pay last time? Uh, I think he paid in cash, but I, I remember giving him his receipt, but I don't have it documented. Did he pay? Huh? That happens. That happens more often than we're all willing to admit. Maybe not quite as much this, these day and age. I know less people are using cash but it still happens, right? If you have online payment processing, it can be very streamlined and you can look these things up so easily, right? You can have it streamlined right into your accounting software, your online booking software, or both potentially, or you can have it as a standalone item that you just very quickly enter into other places. So you go into your online booking and just drop down box, you know, paid visa done, you know, takes you five seconds. Um, And then you can print them the receipt, right? But seriously, you know, that the the logistics of how this works aside, it's a really huge way to save yourself a lot of time and effort. And the vast majority of your clients are going to pay with these methods if you allow them, which means less scrambling for change, less trying to remember who paid with what method, 
you know, chasing after someone for an email money transfer that they said they sent and never arrived or, you know, the notification from your cash app that never arrives. They swear that they paid it, you know, stuff like that. It's just I'm not saying that most people are trying to get out of paying, by the way. It may sound like I am. Sometimes it's true that that does happen occasionally. But a lot of times it's just that people expect to be able to pay with a card and it's weird when they can't, right? And even if you tell them, you remind them multiple times, it's on like email reminders you send them, it's on your door, it's on your website, it's on everything. People are still gonna forget because it's 2022 and people expect to be able to pay with a card wherever they go because most small businesses have some kind of payment processor these days. So that's what I mean, just make it easier on everyone. Have some sort of payment processor like Square, or you know something integrated into your online booking system. Some of them integrate with various systems. Just research what's available and see what might work for you. Just make sure it's something that they can pay in person easily. You don't have to send them some sort of like invitation to pay, like some sort of invoice. They can just you know swipe swipe their card and they're done. You know type in type into onto your iPhone or whatever and they pay. And finally, the number four software is Canva. Moving on from, you know, online booking and uh, payment processing and accounting and all that stuff, let's talk about something a bit more creative, and that is using Canva. I've talked about it lost in the past, so I'm not going to go deeply into it, but it is an online graphic design app that is 100% free mostly. Maybe I'm slightly not truthful about it being 100% free. It is free for you to use all their free features, which is a very full complement of features. Let's put it that way. So you can do lots of awesome things with it for free. They have lots of templates available. Again, free versions that you can use on various social media platforms or even on your website, you know? Um, it saves you a lot of time and money when you're trying to put together your marketing in an attractive way. So let's be honest, right? In order to have a high quality Instagram feed or Facebook page or TikTok, because you need cover shots for things, you really got to spend time on these things. And you can't just take a quick snapshot and throw it up. Not these days. I mean, maybe back in the day you could. Now here's a snapshot of me uh, preparing the oil for the clinic. Five years ago, that stuff probably would get lots of engagement these days, mostly gets ignored, right? Um, and yeah, like I said, TikTok, well, we're not really gonna deep dive into TikTok, but it takes a heck of a long time creating, you know, TikTok vids or reels, right? It's not, it's not something that's like a five minute job. So save yourself some energy and just use Canva for the things that you can use it for. You can't use it to produce videos, but you can use it for a lot of other stuff, right? help you create cover images that fit your style and branding and tons and tons of available graphics ideas for Instagram static posts, uh, Facebook posts, other type of posts. If you wanna do Pinterest, that's there, lots of ideas. And hey, let me promote myself for a moment because I think that's only fair once in a while. <laughs> I hope you guys are okay with this. I have an online shop that is currently full of Instagram feed posts that you can download and start using on your Instagram. So if you want to check that out, I make things specifically with massage therapists in, line, in mind. Head to uh, buy.happylittlebiz.com and see what I have. So I put up new things every month. Sometimes I put up a whole bunch of stuff. Sometimes I just put up one new design. Depends what's going on in the rest of my life. But hey, I try to get things ready for you guys. And if there's something that you would like to have that isn't there already, send me a message. I'm always willing to hear uh, from you guys and see what your ideas are. 
But overall, even if you have no interest in buying something from my shop, which is completely fine, you can still use Canva. You can use it to generate really nice looking graphics for your marketing visuals, right? For, for free. So I really recommend it, especially if you want to in, uh, make your Instagram feed or your Facebook feed look a lot nicer. So let's move on to the second T and that is tools. So this is separate from technology. These are physical things that you can purchase and use in your office to help keep you healthy and make your treatments a little easier. This section will be a bit quicker as I think most of you know about these things already, but I really want to emphasize them as I think they get left by the wayside with everything else you got to think about as a business owner, let's be honest. So I got three things for you and I bet you can even think of many, many more tools because let me have this as a jumping point for you. Are there things for your office that you could purchase that are either one, things that will help you do your job that much more easily, or two, help you save your body from all the wear and tear that comes from, you know, massaging all the time. So you're not getting aches and pains and, you know, joint issues and all that. Write down that list because that's something that you might want to consider investing in in your business. Now, as an aside here, you know, speaking of wear and tear on your body, there's a statistic that says that massage therapists usually burn out after five years. Now, I've heard it said is eight or even 10. I think it depends on like who's putting together statistic and who they asked and stuff. I don't even know how true the statistic is, but it is something at least that you should be thinking about. Now, it isn't to say that those people who burn out of the job as being a massage therapist just didn't try hard enough to be a good massage therapist. They didn't buy the right tools or something. I'm absolutely not saying that. For most, the issue is they got overworked in one way or another, mentally or physically or emotionally, or maybe all three. And once that happens enough times, it is extremely hard to recover. So if you can buy something to make your life a lot easier, why wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, yes, we have to talk about our budget. Like we always, like we said earlier today, but a lot of things I'm mentioning today, you can find ways to get them on a budget or save up and buy them, okay? Just make yourself a priority is what I'm saying. Make your career a priority. It doesn't have to be the number one thing in your life, but if you wanna live a happy, fun life outside of the career life, we gotta make sure we take care of ourselves, right? So here are my three recommendations and we're gonna talk about them briefly right afterwards. So number one is massage tools. Number two is a good office chair. And number three is an electric adjustable table. Okay. For those of you who aren't doing on-site massages, I get if you have like a traveling massage business, uh, a mobile massage business, maybe the electric table isn't going to work. But for the vast majority of you, electric table is doable. So let's quickly go over these three things. Okay. The first one, massage tools. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, stuff like scraping tools, like gua sha, Graston technique, all the different types of things, thumb tools, rollers, lots of different things that you can use that will help you get into tissue deeper or save your hands, save your arms. Uh, so it's not just using your body to apply the massage. Now you have to decide which ones are right for your massage style and what your clients like and stuff. And you do need to use them, like learn to use them properly. Some of them are more intuitive than others. Obviously we don't want to be risking hurting people. Okay. We have to learn to use these things correctly, but these tools can help you give effective treatments and save your body a lot. Take it from me, I developed some signs of arthritis in my thumbs due to constantly giving deep pressure treatments because that's what my clients were expecting. You know, 
I didn't have tools. A thumb support tool would have been so helpful to me back then. So that's what I have to say about that. Give it some consideration. It's a great way to save wear and tear on your body. It doesn't cost a lot of money. And honestly, it's very common in other professions, like my physiotherapist, who I used to see back in Toronto, he used um, like one of those scraping tools on my fascia quite frequently when I was having really bad knee problems. And it helped actually significantly. So, you know, just consider it because other professions use them. Why can't you? And second, a good office chair. And I know you all know what I am talking about with this one. Do I even need to explain it? I bet every single one of you at some point have told a client to invest in a good chair with good back support because you could tell that their body really needed it. Yet, do you just grab a random chair that's in your office or even the little stool that you might have around for when you're doing like seated parts of your treatment, like say like head, neck and shoulders, or maybe like, you know, a pregnancy sidelining, sometimes you might sit down, that kind of thing. Are you sitting on that while you're doing your administrative work and responding to emails and stuff? Just, just, just don't do that. Invest in your body, invest in yourself, get a really nice office chair. I probably don't need to tell you any more about that. Yes, they're not the cheapest thing in the world. It might be something that you have to save up for a little while to get, but definitely do it. And last but never least, the electric adjustable table idea. So this is another great way to invest in your body in the long term. So you can be healthy and happy and continue to give great treatments as well as being able to live the rest of your life. That way, instead of doing a lot of lunges and squats and standing at odd angles and like on your tiptoes, like I used to, to get into deep, deep pressure, you can adjust each client on the table. So adjust the table to the right height so you can give the best treatment or even just adjust part way. You know, someone for part of the treatment, it might be better for them to be lower. You know, maybe you're doing like some really deep tissue and then like it might be better to have them a little higher towards the end when you're doing like some more, like say cervical work, right? So you sort of bring them up to your level when you're sitting down instead of having to figure out how to adjust your body, lower or stool or whatever. So this is something, by the way, you can sometimes buy secondhand. So think about that. If you hadn't thought about that before, like, oh yeah, you know, because as much as we don't like to see it, clinics close, or maybe somebody's upgrading to an even fancier model and they want to sell their older model or whatever's going on, you know? Sometimes you can buy these things used. Um, but it is something that I would consider if I was you putting money aside for, whether, like I said, either it's a used version or a brand new one. You could even make it a goal. You could say, I, by, I want by the end of this practice year to me, for me to have an electric adjustable table. That'd be a cool goal to have. So all that said about tools to save your body, let's talk about techniques. So techniques, here we're talking about things that can help save your body and your hands. Now you probably know about some or even all of these, okay? Let me go over three that I think are really helpful for you to think about. Some of these do require you to consider who your clients are. Really, most things in this list do to a certain extent, but this category, the techniques, you especially need to think about who your clients are. And honestly, that might be a good exercise for you to do anyway. I'm always talking about this, right? Like how niching is really important. If you've been thinking about narrowing down your practice, you're finding yourself frustrated giving the same treatments all the time because you only get clients who ask for, say, relaxation all the time, you'd rather be doing something different, this may be one of the ways that you start to move in that direction, okay? So let's consider three things. First, therapies that require less pressure. 
So for example, stretching techniques like PNF and many, many different types of stretching techniques. There's many, many different ones out there these days. Fascial techniques. Yeah, you still need to apply pressure, but it's not quite the, you know, digging your elbow in for an hour. I'm, I'm joking mostly, but you know, with the deep tissue sports massage tends to be, right? Fascial is very different. Cranial techniques, very, very gentle and so on and so forth. I'm sure all of you can think of many more techniques that are gentler, right? These are the things that can really save your hands over time. Now, yeah, they do require other types of exertion. I'm not saying that you're just going to like sit in the corner for an entire hour of somebody's treatment. Obviously, we're not doing that. Let's be very clear about that, right? It's not like picking up someone's leg to put them into a stretch isn't physically laborious, but chances are you aren't going to be picking up someone's leg for the entire treatment time, right? That would be really weird. More likely you're doing it, you know, with only some of your clients and only for a small portion of the treatment, you know, or others, you might be doing fascial techniques or other types of techniques. You might be mixing it up a lot. So I strongly suggest you think about who your clients are, what types of quote unquote, less pressure on the hands techniques would really work for you and move towards doing a lot more of that in your practice. Invest in learning those techniques really well and that will help you a lot with uh, booking more clients, really, honestly, and booking more clients who don't expect you to spend an entire hour with your elbow on a, you know, a trigger point in their upper trapezius. <laughs> so second... And related to this save your hands technique idea is therapies that help you get away with having to do hour line treatments all the time. Now, hands up friends who has had a client book a one hour treatment because that's what they really wanted, but they only really want you to work on like maybe their back and their neck and they really just want you to concentrate on their upper back and neck. So sure, you could do that for an hour, but after a while, you're basically just spreading oil trying to fill up the time. Like if you're an efficient therapist, you've already treated a lot by the time like say 40 45 minutes go on so you're just like killing time for the last 15. or you end up treating tons of trigger points which is not usually with someone who books an hour really wants they want to relax and if you're all you're doing is doing the dig your elbow into upper trapezius for the entire time let's hope you're not actually ever doing that but if you are yeah that's not usually what people want for the full hour it's not what you want to be doing for the full hour i mean like that just sounds like a terrible treatment to me so if you can get away from doing hour-long treatments it means you can be a lot smarter about how um how you're doing the treatment rather than filling time but it also means you have to be a little bit smarter about how you market yourself, okay? You need to have a client base who's very on board with this idea of short effective treatments and here's the part in terms of your business that really, I think, hope brings home the fact that you could do shorter treatments and really benefit from it. So you can do fewer hours of shorter treatments and still make the same amount as if you'd had, if you'd booked multiple one hour sessions. Okay. So I looked up some clinic, some prices at clinics across Canada, and obviously prices are going to be different depending on where you live in the world and what kind of treatments you do. But here's a quick scenario for you. If one hour is $100, not uncommon, six treatments in a day would be 600. Okay. So that's six hours of hands-on time, obviously. If 30 minutes is $70, 
You could do nine of those treatments in a day, which is four and a half hours of hands-on time and make $630, okay? Now, not everyone's gonna do 30. Some will do 45s. I even used to know specialized therapists who did 15 minute short treatments. Like if somebody was having say plantar fasciitis and it wasn't the first treatment, it was a follow-up treatment, or somebody had like say um, lateral epicondylitis or something like that, where it's a very specific treatment. And again, not the very first treatment. They would sometimes book a 15 minute follow-up because they're just you know, we're gonna do just a quick uh, a follow-up treatment and do a couple of those and the person you know would be well on their way as long as they were doing their home care so you can do less hands-on time is what I'm saying and you can make more of the same okay now as we said obviously this requires some marketing to get people on board with this near me a lot of clinics don't book shorter than 60 in fact I have looked and I can't find so far anybody in the Halifax Dartmouth area that is booking under 60 minute treatment now, I know part of this is due to the pandemic. A lot of things in Canada uh, changed so that a lot of providers were only doing one hour treatments in order to spread out the number of people who are coming through the clinic and to make it a lot easier to make sure that you're um, having space in between clients for uh, social distancing reasons. But also, let's be real, a lot of it is that people want that one hour quote unquote experience. But if you do a more rehab style, you can market yourself as it being an effective way to treat a specific target problem and be in and out fast. And that's not dishonest at all. Like we talked a moment ago, a lot of people book time more time than they actually need. So you're not going to be filling the time with just extra stuff. You can be really effective in your 30 minutes. You focus on the specific problem. Maybe not the first treatment, like we said. The first treatment often we want longer so we can really assess the person and figure out what's going on. But follow-ups with a lot of conditions? Absolutely, you can go 30, maybe 45 minutes, right? So consider this if your practice style would allow it. And last, and this is a big one, maybe you guessed it, body mechanics. If you have not taken a course on proper body mechanics as a massage therapist, I strongly recommend you do it, okay? These courses, if you aren't familiar with the idea, probably most of you or all of you are, they basically give you a rundown on ways to use your body when giving treatments that are biomechanically sound and therefore reduce the wear and tear on your joints and muscles and reduce injuries and reduce time off work, okay? They really help save your hands and back and wrists and fingers and everything else, your feet. I had a foot problem when I was massaging and part of it was because I, you know, no matter what I did for biomechanics, Part of it was just because it's rough on your feet when you're massaging. Because let's be real, even if you do invest in that electric table I talked about a minute ago, or you start doing the shorter treatments that are more effective, body mechanics are still gonna come into play. So I strongly recommend you look into this. So you can even buy books on the topic. If you don't have a course in your area, you could totally do that. Or you can take an online course. There's lots out there. I, I did a quick Google search. There's quite a few online courses available for it. Um, you can even um, look up free YouTube videos. I also saw a whole bunch of those. Admittedly, I did not vet any of them. I did not look through them to see if they were half decent. But I'm sure if you go on YouTube and just put massage biomechanics, you're going to find a bunch. So there's all these virtual options for you to check out and may not be as good as somebody, you know, literally in the same room as you saying, oh, well, you know, you might want to consider turning your elbow this way instead because it's better for your joints, you might want to consider squatting less or, you know, all those kinds of adjustments in real life that they can do. But still, 
An online virtual option or reading from a book can make a huge difference, even without sort of the one-on-one -on -one stuff that you would get from doing a live course. So I strongly recommend you do look into it if you haven't already. And that's it for this episode. I hope these three T's will give you something to think about in terms of what you can bring into your business to save you time, save you pains and aches, and hopefully give you a boost to your ability to have a long and happy career and a long and happy life along with it, right? So for this week's homework, since we're giving out homework, it's kind of fun. Um, I'd like you all to do one thing to help yourself out as we have talked about in this episode. Now, it doesn't have to be something big. It doesn't have to be going out and purchasing an electric table tomorrow. I know most of you can't do that, but it could be just starting research into online booking software. You go, you know what? You're right. I am going to finally do it and I'm going to get online booking software. Yeah. Maybe go listen to my old episode about it or even just read the show notes from that episode quick and do a little research and see what one might fit you, you know? Or it might be buying an online course on bio body mechanics and going, okay, I'm going to put in, you know, two hours every week for me to start working through the course so I can start implementing these things into my business right away and start, you know, feeling better while I'm giving treatments, you know? So with that said, meet me back here in two weeks for a final episode in this series where I'm going to talk about financial planning. See you then. And until then, I hope you have a great week and a wonderful time in your business. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me today in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes, and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. Just head to happylittlebiz.com, that's my website, and check out the podcast link. I've got show notes for individual episodes in there, as well as articles on other topics for building a strong health and wellness business if you just check out the rest of the site. So while I've got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating or review on iTunes if you really like this podcast. So yeah, you can do that by just going to iTunes and looking up Life Beyond the Massage Table and then clicking on that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, and so I'll let you get back to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll catch you back here another time.